From Engaged Cornell, I'm Natalie Breikoff, and this is Shifting and Shaping, a podcast on community members who are shaping a new American paradigm. I recently read an article from the New York Times about Janis Joplin giving Bessie Smith a headstone after she had lied for 30 years in an unmarked grave. After some quick Google searches, I realized that Bessie Smith was not alone in this and that there were dozens, over a hundred famous trailblazing American blues musicians that were lying in unmarked graves across our country. This is a hidden, pervasive epidemic for some of our national treasures. Musicians like Bessie Smith, Robert Johnson, Memphis Minnie, Mississippi John Hurt, and dozens of others have trailblazed American music and global music. They've influenced artists from the Rolling Stones to Kanye West, and yet many of them still lie in unmarked graves today. And I really urge you all to think about how this music affects you in your own lives as you listen to songs that are directly influenced by many of the artists that are mentioned in this podcast episode. Much more research into African-American cemetery destruction and the theft of land across the South needs to be done now that a time has come to consider reparations. I spoke to the presidents of two organizations working to find and rememorialize the unmarked graves of blues musicians. First, I spoke to Steve Salter of the Killer Blues Headstone Project based out of Whitehead, Michigan. I, I love the uh, uh, statement from uh, Willie Dixon, who's a very famous person in the history of the blues. He made a statement that uh, said, blues are the roots and everything else is the fruits. I, I've kind of come up with my own in that I, I tell people that uh, the very first song that was ever sung by a human being was a blues song. That was when Adam was kicked out of the Garden of Eden and he said, oh Lord, I feel so bad. I've been kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Steve Salter came into his work while on a road trip to the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival and started the Killer Blues Headstone Project in 2009. It started with a, a road trip. Previous research, I had learned that a number of blues artists were buried in Chicago. And my thought was, wow, I didn't get to see Muddy Waters perform, but I could certainly go and pay my respects. So <clears throat> I went to Chicago and, and stopped at the cemetery and asked for the location. And they sent me a location. I went out and, and found a flat one foot by two foot stone. And I was just blown away. I couldn't believe that somebody is famous and is fantastic and critical to the history of the blues had this simple flat stone. I was I was expecting this huge obelisk and statues and I could not believe that Otis Spann did not have a headstone. I mean Otis Spann was the piano player for Muddy Waters, he played for Howlin' Wolf, he played with everybody. Why do you think that there's so many blues greats that are buried without a headstone or with, with a small headstone like that that isn't really truly memorializing them? You know, blues musicians don't get paid a lot. They, they never have got paid a lot. Even Muddy Waters never got paid a lot. He made a decent living at it, but he never got paid a lot. 
But so many of these artists, they, they may have only recorded one song, two songs, maybe even an album. And they, as, as the, the times were, they would sell the rights to the, to the songs and uh, make a couple hundred bucks and that was it. The money was gone. So basically they made their living off of live performances. Well, when they died, their, their family's income stopped. And if they had any money, it was probably, they were lucky to be able to have the money to bury them. And, and the added cost of a stone, it just wasn't there. I mean, were they gonna pay the next rent or groceries or buy a headstone? So um, I love the saying, if, if blues is feeling bad, then blues music is the cure. Blues doesn't get the respect that it deserves. I mean, as the uh, foundation for all music, it, it just doesn't get the respect and and the individuals that created it even get less respect. I mean, when I first started doing this, I didn't want anybody to even know I was doing it simply for the, the, the reason that I didn't want to take any focus off of them. I didn't want this, oh, here's this white guy buy, buying headstones for blues men. Well, because it's, it's not about me, it's, it's about these artists that created this music that means so much to me and so many other people. One of the first headstones laid by Steve Salter in 2020 was Delia Green's. place in Savannah, Georgia, 1900, Christmas Eve. She was a sometime employee of a, a local sporting house. They, they called her a scrub girl. And she was, I believe she was 14, and she had a boyfriend. Tony shot his dealio on a Christmas night. First time he shot her, she bowed her head and died. Delia's gone, one more round, Delia's gone. From then till now, there's been many, many songs written about Delia Green. Delia's gone, like a darkening of the sky, a change in the weather. And they always refer to her as this low-down woman and this uh, worthless person, and, and she another one's gone, and, and, and everybody uh, essentially discounted her. She was low down and trifling, and she was cold and mean. Kind of evil make me want to grab my submachine. When I learned of the story, it was like, wait a minute, this was a poor innocent girl that was murdered, and all these years, all these people have wrote these songs. Who are, who are writing these songs about her? Bob Dylan, Johnny Cash. Called for the minister, take Delia to her fate. What a tarnished legacy. Yes. That's so and tragic. So it's been 120 years that she's been lying in an unmarked grave. In, in some small way, I tried to redeem her reputation. To, this year, we did uh, a stone for. Her. And was there an inscription on the on the grave? We put "Blues Muse." 
I like that. She was a blues muse, although she was not a blues artist. She was a inspiration to many blues artists. So when you do projects like this, when there's such a horrible story behind a death and you obviously are helping reshape the legacy and the memorial of that artist, how does that make you feel? I can't even imagine how moving that must have been to put a headstone on this woman's grave after such a tragic story and legacy. She's not lost to history anymore, although her actual grave location was unknown. There's now a solid, tangible piece of rock that says this person mattered to somebody. With the aid of the incredible organizations and people with whom I have spoken, many dozens of Black musicians will lie in newly marked graves across the country. If you want to support this work, please consider donating to the Killer Blues Headstone Project. Stay tuned to the next episode, which touches upon memorialization specifically in the Mississippi Delta.